Do you want more energy and less cravings? You might be on a blood sugar roller coaster. A lot of times when we're not balancing our blood sugar with the foods that we eat and the way we live our lives, we end up with lousy energy and those cravings to dig into candy or snacks throughout the day. Or maybe you need to work on lowering your blood sugar numbers. Maybe you've been to a doctor's appointment recently and you were told that you have elevated blood sugars or prediabetes. Or maybe you struggle with the inability to lose weight and body fat. At the time that this podcast airs, we're getting ready for our April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge. This challenge will take place inside of the Goal Getters Group. It's only $9.99 per month to join the Goal Getters Group, plus you can try it out for free with a one-week free trial. Join the April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge as we work to implement a new blood sugar balancing hack every week in April. The challenge begins on Monday, April 1st, 2024, and is a 30-day month-long challenge. We will focus on a new habit each week to habit stack and create a better blood sugar balancing routine, focusing on more protein, veggies, vinegar, and movement. Each one of these hacks is designed to improve our metabolism, create better blood sugar balance, improved energy, reduce cravings, and work to lower overall blood sugar numbers to improve our blood work too. Join the challenge to have support and accountability with the other Goal Getters members along with guidance from your registered dietitian, me, Brittany. Join the Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge by joining the Goal Getters group with the link below in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Your Life Nutrition Podcast. I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian nutritionist and mindful eating dietitian. Here on the podcast, we will be answering your questions all about nutrition and wellness while breaking down nutrition misinformation and giving you the truth that you can apply to your life. We will focus on changing your habits and your mindset to help you become a healthier version of yourself and a more mindful eater. Let's ditch the diets forever, find food freedom where you can eat pizza and ice cream all without the guilt, learn how to create balanced meals and snacks, and reach your health and nutrition goals. Let's do this. Hey, I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian, nutritionist, and mindful eating dietitian. In today's episode, I'm introducing you to and interviewing one of my past clients, Katie, who is going to talk all about her journey with finding food freedom, beating binge eating, all in the Your Life Nutrition Coaching Program. So welcome, Katie. Please tell the listeners about yourself. All right. Well, hello, everybody. I am very, very excited to be a part of this because... It's really important to me that I come on here and talk with you and I just share those experiences uh, that I've had with my eating disorder, my binge eating disorder, and anyways, so a little bit about myself. So I am currently in Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, where I grew up, um, and I am a local reporter here and besides that, well, I have a brother, I have a sister, um, two parents, and uh, super close to my family, super close to my friends. Uh, I love food. <laughs> um, I love having fun. I love hanging out with people, going on runs, just, you know, just having a good time and making the most out of life. And that's where you will uh, normally find me is just spending time with people and, and just having fun. Awesome. Well, I'm pretty biased. I also love Katie. She's one of my dear friends and we got to know each other because my husband and her older brother are best friends. And uh, so that's how Katie and I got introduced to each other. And uh, Katie, can you just like share a little bit more about 
your past history with food and eating and then how you kind of came to reach out to me for help with nutrition coaching. Sure. So dating back to college specifically, right? So when I was a freshman in college, I formed an eating disorder where I wasn't eating enough. I was essentially starving myself at times. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten down to the point where I had lost a lot of weight. I had thought that, you know, eating even a piece of gum was not okay. So Mm -hmm. as those years layered, eventually that eating disorder turned into a binge eating disorder because I couldn't keep up with the not eating thing. And I didn't, and, and, at that, and a lot of times when you don't eat, it, it becomes noticeable, right? Like your friends are going to pick up on it. Yeah. Your family's going to pick up on it and they're going to be like, well, why, why are you doing that? And so then at that point you have to have a logical explanation. So for me, it formed into a deprive, don't eat this, don't do that. And then, Ooh, it's fat Tuesday. It's, <laughs> you know, Christmas. Let's eat all, all the chocolate. Let's mm-hmm. just absolutely indulge the most we possibly can just because it's a holiday or because I'm home on Christmas break. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, I knew, you know, by senior year, things were getting better, right? I, I, I understood the issue. I understood that there was something going on. But I didn't really realize that it would continue unless I got help. Mm. And so mm. when I moved out to my first small market for news, for reporting, I worked in Great Falls, Montana. After that, I went to Evansville, Indiana. But when I was in Montana, I actually did a story on somebody who had an eating disorder. And it was like, it was just, it was crazy. Like, I, do you ever think, like, you know, you're supposed to be in, at a certain place yep. at a certain time? You yep. know? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, like, come to Jesus moments where I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. So I got this therapist from this story, and she Mm. had specifically worked really, really hard in town um, to work on these cases with people that had eating disorders. So I started seeing her. And then after that, uh, I I moved to Indiana abruptly because that's how news works, right? (laughs) You kind of bounce around until you get your feet on the ground uh, where you want to be. And so when I did that, I still had my eating disorder, like... I still had my binge eating disorder. I mean, was I better? Yes. I had been working through the emotional trauma, but I wasn't consistently in therapy. I wasn't consistently seeking Mm. out a dietitian, a life coach, whatever it is, maybe that we say it was still like, what's the fad diet? It was like, well, I'm going to try keto or I'm not going to touch a single piece of quote unquote bread. Right, right, right. So then, you know, there was this one specific time, this is during the pandemic, I was laying in my bathtub, like I could remember, like it was yesterday. <laughs> I was just thinking about it today, and I was like so depressed, like I was yeah. so upset, and I was like, "Why can't, like, one? Why am I so focused on, d- like, picking and choosing what I want to eat, and yeah. why is it such a mental roadblock, and why am I choosing to live like this? Yeah. Like, like I don't, you know. And so obviously, I know Brittany. And I follow her, and I followed her journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're friends, and we were friends from a distance at that point because I had not lived in Cleveland. Um, and I reached out to her, and I was like, I just need help. Yeah. And I knew she could help, and I knew you just had to trust in her, and I did. And, I mean, tell, I will literally say this, and I'm not, like, I'm not here because, you know, we come on here, we make this stuff up. Like, yeah. I tried everything, everything. Yeah. And and working with Brittany completely changed my life forever. Mm. I mean, yeah. of course there are ups and downs, like yeah. still to this day. But like I just texted her this yesterday, Fat Tuesday. And I was like, you know what? 
there were donuts that were thrown at me in the morning. Like, I was like, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. I don't need to eat them. Yeah. Now, granted, when I got home, my mom was like, hey, uh, you want a Cosmo? And I was like, I was like, it's been a day. Sure, why not? Like, that'll yeah. be my Fat Tuesday treat, right? Okay. And then my dad brought home, like, some pizza stuff, whatever. And I was like, okay, like, but this is, like, to me, it's like, that was an enjoyable thing. Yeah. And, you know. And you've made such huge strides. Because yeah. when you think back to your old self, old Fat Tuesdays, you had periods of time where you would have said, nope, not having any of that. That is bad food. That is going to make me gain weight. And right. I can't have a drink. I can't have pizza. Nope, I'm being good. It's a Tuesday. Yes. It's the middle of the right. week. It's, it's not, not a, a Saturday, weekend, right? right? <laughs> and so there was that period of your life. And then you had the other binge eating years where you probably would have eaten everything in sight knowing, mm. oh, Lent starts tomorrow. And that I know you and I have talked about before how we even treated Lent as a diet in the past and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you have come such a long way. Um, but also, um, you know, I'm so glad that you've gotten so much out of the, and you did rather get so much out of the nutrition coaching program, but you also did a lot of foundational work first with a therapist Mm -hmm. to make sure that you were in a good place to start healing your relationship with food, um, because you did work so hard on mindset and different things and healing the emotional side first, which I think is super important. Um, cause I am definitely not an intuitive eating counselor and I'm not an eating disorder specific therapist. Um, and so anybody who does have eating disorders, I do refer them to that type of resource first to make sure that they are kind of laying the groundwork for some healthy recovery. So, um, but thank you so much for just sharing and just being so vulnerable and you know, you've been through, been through a lot for sure, but can you tell us a little bit more about like how you started making changes? Like when you uh, joined the nutrition coaching program, like what did you start focusing on first? So, oh man, (laughs) (laughs) taking you back a little bit. (laughs) Okay. I think originally it was, it was getting my mindset right. Mm -hmm. Like it was just focusing on the simple fact that I could eat X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, we just, the best way I could possibly describe it is it's like you just gradually each week worked on something that was your vice connected yeah. to your eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, um, like ugh, what were triggers? I mean, the carbs were, was a really yeah. big issue and we had to work hard on that. Yeah. So talking a lot more about like, okay, what were situations or emotions that triggered you to want to eat and overeat? And then, you know, what were those foods that you started to fear because they were foods that you binged on and just like how we learned to incorporate those so that you could get to the point where you were enjoying foods and eating foods that you were once scared of. Yeah. And even I would add a healthy relationship with exercise Mm -hmm. and a healthy relationship with the scale. Yeah. I can honestly say that I, I well, I did this the other day because I was actually curious. I did weigh myself the other day because I was like, I was just interested. But I, I know pretty much all the time where I fall mm-hmm. because that's how, when you have an eating disorder, oftentimes from my experience, you get a little obsessed with the scale. Right. And so what happens is you know yourself so well at that point that you pretty much know what you weigh. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me. And so it was really important for me to like, not go on the scale because the scale doesn't always say everything. 
Right. Right. You learned that a lot. We talked mm-hmm. about that a yeah. lot in the nutrition coaching program. That could be an entire episode on its own of like what For sure. goes into that number on the scale and how it's not the end all be all. It does not show your progress fully. And that truthfully, you needed to learn that it was just a data point, mm-hmm. you know, that it wasn't going to define your progress and that you looked at so many other parameters of just not obsessing over food you know, um, being able to feel strong in your workouts and your runs and just to overall not feel stressed out about food or going into holidays or parties or being in social situations. Because I know you had shared with me previous too, like there was a lot of you that, you know, had skipped social things over the years because you were so freaked out about how that was going to impact your eating. For sure. I would skip that. And also not only impact the eating, I was insecure and afraid Mm -hmm. in my body. Yeah. And when you have an eating disorder, you look in the mirror and you think that you are overweight. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, which is like body dysmorphia. That's another topic we could talk about in the future as well, but just like seeing yourself as maybe being in a bigger body, even though you're not, Mm -hmm. or even though you're making progress, you, you don't see it or appreciate it. Right. So yeah. So going through that, I mean, I think but but all this we worked on. And it right. was like, I think, too, to put in the work, you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to, uh, how can I explain this? It's like a tug of war, but like really in slow motion mm-hmm. and really gently mm-hmm. in a very loving way. Mm-hmm. You have to do that to yourself. Well, because I know so much of um, healing your relationship with food and just ending disordered eating really comes down to the fact that your brain is you know, going to send you signals all the time, either for hunger, or maybe you're going to think about something such as like, um, I, I look fat right now. And you had to learn to say, thanks brain for giving me that thought. I don't have to believe it. Right. And that's where a lot of the healing came from. And so it was a constant practice. You were such a big journaler and you would, you know, use um, the notes app on your phone to journal, you know, um, those were so helpful. Those were so helpful. So I know, um, a lot of times too, because you were able to like, exactly. Get a real. Yeah. So you would oftentimes share with me, you know, even snippets of your journal entry, just to say like, this is what's been on my mind this week. You know, these are the like thoughts that are coming up for me that I know aren't true, but like, how do I stop believing in them? And so much of it had to come towards like, you know, having positive affirmations that you told yourself Mm -hmm. and just being, you know, very focused on, you know, the end result of ending binge eating and just knowing that you were powerful enough to do that. And you read some books and had some different resources and things as well. So you had a lot of tools along the way. For sure. And I think what also helped me the most is like, because you are a testament to your own business and you had an eating disorder as well, right. I was able to sit there and be like, okay, she did this, right? Yeah. She did this. And I would always text you and I'd be like, how did you do this? Mm. And you would be like, it just comes with time. Like, I was like, how did you just, like, how do you keep ice cream in your freezer? Like, yes. How do you, yes. you know, it's like, but I, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I get it now. Mm-hmm. So it was giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. Mm-hmm. And that was what we had to keep working on. So these habits, your habits, you were already so good at meal prepping and planning oh, yeah. and going to the grocery store <laughs> and all that. You struggle, but yeah, <laughs> you loved all that though. And that's like sometimes, you For know, sure. that obsession with eating creates really good habits, Yeah, but 
you struggled with the binge eating aspect because you were still labeling foods as good and bad and mm-hmm. you're kind of in this all or nothing mentality. So, you know, when we talk about habits for you, what do you feel like you had to really instill on a daily or weekly basis to keep yourself successful? I would say a lot of it was doing those journals. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I going, Committing yourself to that because yeah. that's a process. Because had I not done those journals, I wouldn't be keeping myself accountable. Mm-hmm. So by writing down everything I was doing, writing down, you know, everything, like my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. Right. It wasn't about me. food journaling. It was more about like the writing, writing down, yeah. right? Because like, I know some people can think, oh, she's writing down everything she eats. And that we were getting mm, away from doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were getting away from doing that because there was so much fixation yeah. on that for so many years. And really you needed to focus more on how foods were making you feel, how you exactly, felt about yes. food. And instead having that be a regular practice. And I remember like lately I feel myself, and I felt like this way probably for the last like six months I'm in like a a pattern where I need to refocus a bit not that I'm like going off the rails or anything like that with I I mean I'm I'm good I don't I don't have any binges but I'm like oh you know sometimes I I, I eat when I'm standing up or I'm rushing or I'm sure I'm not centered and I'm not focused and and I think too what people have to 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 really understand and what I didn't understand is that this is a multi-layered process yeah you do not wake up and say oh now I'm healed yeah it's like it, it's, it's work. It's work. And and I'm still working on it. And, you know, I mean, we could, we will continue to dive into all that stuff. But yeah. um, just to give people that just introduction to it. Yeah. It, it takes a yeah. long time to uh, rewrite that narrative mm-hmm. in our mind. And I think the biggest thing, like what you're saying now is, sure, sometimes we have, you know, these maybe not so great, you know, tendencies of eating a little bit distracted or something like that. But you're not letting... Um, anything like create guilt within your life. You're not letting that hang over you. Like I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible eater, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're not letting that bother you. You just know, Hey, I'm aware of this. I'm not like crazy about that little, little habit that's going on and you can correct it. But you know, the fact that you've made peace with food, like what other habits did you need to instill outside of you know, just journaling regularly and us having our coaching calls to like really make, you know, this binge eating disorder a thing of the past. Uh, I'd say, I mean, obviously the therapy, that was really helpful. For sure. And routines. Mm -hmm. I think really taking initiative. I mean, one thing we really focused on was setting a routine and going to bed at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Getting good sleep. Sleep, drinking enough water. I mean, I I always drink enough water. I mean, like I'm a big water drinker. That's never been an issue, but it was like working on specific things. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny because I did bring a diet pop with me, but <laughs> I actually seriously, I I really don't drink it the way I used to. Like like today, because you were using uh, that as a food substitute before, yeah, and yeah, now yeah, yeah, you're yeah. drinking it as, as a, a enjoyment thing. Really, I mean honestly, yeah. like I I was I was just craving it. Yeah, I just was like, oh, I was just like, right. I would like one. And and again, it you know, oh yes, somebody can look you in the eyes and say that's bad, that's bad, whatever. But we don't need to get into no. <laughs> The point is, is that when you, when you start using things, um, as a food replacement, as a food, right. As a food replacement, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. When you're using, when you're drinking or eating something because you say, I genuinely have a craving, I am enjoying this. I, 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 
you're intentional about exactly. it. But exactly. But if you're, yeah, if you're just doing it because you don't want to eat. That's... Yeah. And I think another habit that, you know, we had to work on together was a habit of having those fear foods in the house. Oh, yes. And trying them. Yes. You know, you had a list of things like that, that you just were afraid to eat and have on a regular yeah. basis and have in your apartment. And those, it was a, it was a conversation that we had on our coaching calls of like, okay, what are you prepared to get this week to have? And, oh, do you have anything coming up? You know, social outings or time coming home to see family, you know, when you were in Indiana and we had to, you know, have you know, pep talks about, okay, you're going to be okay. You're going to eat it and it's going to be fine. And it doesn't have to derail your entire day. No, but a big part, you know, that we did, uh, and that I think you had already really started to work on before we started working together too, is eating enough because yeah. I alluded to this in my, um, my own health and nutrition journey podcast that I talk about my, my history, but one of the biggest reasons that people develop binge eating disorder is because under eating leads to overeating and you become Mm -hmm. fixated and your body, you know, you were talking about like just being obsessed with food. And so much of that is because you weren't eating enough. And so I think by the time we were working together, that was already improving a lot. And you were eating enough regularly where your body's natural, you know, response is not going to be this heightened, you know, hunger all the time, which is what happens with binge eating, which is why you feel out of control around food. Um, because that restriction with under eating was leading to an obsession and of feeling like you had lost the control. So yeah. I think that was another thing to make sure that you weren't skipping meals and snacks and you were staying right. on top of all that as well. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I guess Your I mean, life is so different now. <laughs> I know. I mean, I was like, whew. like I'm sitting here and I think about the progress and and I it's like get too emotional right (laughs) it's like it makes me so sad to think back to like like I was literally living in a self-prison yeah and it It is it's it's energy sucking it's life sucking to have an eating disorder because you did struggle with anorexia and Mm -hmm. then it morphed into binge eating which was exactly my story too so I know it's another reason we connected so well so how I know you said you haven't had any binges, which is amazing and such great progress. So like, and you've been enjoying your favorite foods and having a drink and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like, so tell, tell us like how you feel like you've been able to continue to avoid those binges. So we do this thing called the hunger scale and Brittany talked ah, about Ah, yes. And, we do talk about that in the coaching program. That's day one. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. Like you don't understand how much the hunger scale goes through my head because so to give you a little bit more look into my life so I said I was a local reporter but specifically I'm a tv reporter Mm -hmm. and any reporter doesn't matter paper tv whatever reporters lives are are very weird like Mm -hmm. (laughs) our work schedule is like Brittany's always like you do what at what hour I'm like like, yes I'm waking up at 2 a.m to go to this thing yes I am so Naturally, your eating schedule gets changed and gets shifted and things kind of, they get a little weird. So, I'm circling back. There was a point. Sorry. We were talking (laughs) about how you've been able to continue (laughs) to avoid binges. Okay. So, anyways. So, I would always be really scared that because of scheduling and because life would be crazy that I would have more binges, but Mm. because of this hunger scale, there we are. Sorry. There we go. Because of the hunger scale, I am able to sit there and say, okay, how do I feel right now? Mm -hmm. It's three 30 in the morning. Am I hungry? Do I need water? What do I need to like set myself up for success? Okay. My shift starts at 6am. All right. I feel a little hungry. Cause you know, I ate at like six o'clock, seven o'clock that night. I got eight hours of sleep finally. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to point out is that 
the hunger scale is this concept where you have one to ten, right? You know, ten is uncomfortably full. You are, you know, throwing up because you overate and you had a binge, yeah. right? One is like you're passing out fainting because you're starving yourself and you're not eating at all. And you want to be right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to like edge off a little bit and be a little less and be a little more because that's your cue to either stop eating or eat more. Yeah. And, and so, wow, you know, I'm just like, (laughs) you are preaching it. It's awesome. Okay. No, but it's so, it's so great when you're able to educate other people. It means you live it and you understand it. And so to avoid the binges, like, and I guess using the hunger skill is a little bit more helpful in regards to like ending overeating, you know, and like being mindful about not overeating. But like, you know, is there anything else that you feel like has helped you completely stop binging? When you think back to like what, you know, what life was like before and then what are you doing consistently now to avoid the binges? Hmm. I mean, I would say... I, I think, too, it's more of, like, a, it's just a mindful, emotional, mental thing. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I look back, and I'm like, I don't want to do it because this isn't fulfilling me. Yeah. It's like... I, I, you I, used to get a high off yeah, of, like, I the food you were eating, but you're also not keeping those foods off limits anymore. Right, yeah. So because you're eating yeah. your fun favorite foods all the time and not saying, oh, I can only have them on this one Saturday. Exactly. It really was like a high. Really, yeah. Yeah. It it's really a high. Like, when you binge and you yeah. like overeat, it's just like that's a reason people stress and emotionally. It's like you get that yeah. comfort and that pleasure, but then it fades. It's like so, so temporary. And, and I don't, and I've, you know, we talked about how I read books and stuff like that. And I remember reading about that, that, that high that people would have. And I was yeah. like, yes, I get it. And I don't have that anymore because I eat what I want when I want. Yeah, in a, exactly. In a healthy, right. monitoring way. Yeah. And also, I think it's crazy because I always try to explain this to people that don't really understand or maybe don't know. I literally starved myself before I had a binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I used to sit in my college dorm room and go through every single possible fruit, vegetable, grain, you name it, on a grocery list. And I, like, I mean, it, this thing was, like, so, so organized, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, and and it's, like, to live in a, underneath a microscope like that is so difficult. Mm-hmm. And it creates insecurities. It creates a really, really sad life and yeah. you're mentally inside your head. Yeah. And it's one thing to go to the grocery store. Like Brittany does a great job of this. She posts about it every week. She posts <laughs> it, you know, like, and I, it's, it's like, I get it too. I, you know, you make your list, you do your thing, you go. It's another thing to sit there and like make an X amount of foods that you are never allowed to pick up at the grocery yeah. store versus what you are. And I just think, you know, people don't realize that people that have had eating disorders, like, they have this whole past. I think I would speak for a lot of us. We understand what healthy eating is. Right. right? Like, I don't... We didn't have to talk about that in our coaching. Right. Like, we were talking more about, hey, we need to make sure we're getting in enough food, enough calories, right. like, and enough of our fun foods in balance Correct. so that you felt not out of control in these eating situations. So you've yeah. come such a long way, Katie. It's just so awesome to just be able to reflect back on your past and just like where you are now. So is there anything that you'd like to give as advice to our listeners today? 
Yes, I would say if you are out there and you're struggling with any type of an eating disorder, I'd say don't lose hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can overcome it. And also just take baby steps. I think the biggest thing is to not feel discouraged. And one little success, one little saying no, I'm not going to, or I should say I'm not going to have a binge, but you know what I mean? Just uh, I'm, I'm strong enough, I should say, to not have a binge like that mm-hmm. that is a success yeah or, or just yeah just going to say hey I'm going to go get a therapist because mm-hmm. you know you heard me like it took me steps and steps and steps and more steps mm-hmm. <laughs> to get where I am today and the work is far from over I mean there's many things that I I know I still need to work on now the post stuff yeah you know the the okay we've now tasted and tested all the foods we want to eat so what does my my real eating schedule look like? What does sure. my, you know, like... Especially with your shifting schedule. Yeah, there's always yeah. There's always room for improvement for most people, but the fact is that food is not controlling your life anymore mm-hmm. and that you have peace with food and you can have so much fun and it doesn't cause you all the stress and anxiety. So I thank agree. you so much for all that you've shared. And um, we did want to let you guys know uh, that Katie is going to be a regular podcast guest. <laughs> uh, so it. exciting. So if you guys have followed us previously on Instagram... Katie and I, for the last year and a half, have gone on pretty much every single Wednesday on Instagram Live, and we have shared openly about our eating disorder past and recovery and just tips for you as our listeners. And sometimes we just get on and talk about other health-related topics, not specific to eating disorders, um, but we just both feel so passionate about sharing this information with the world because I think there's a lot of people silently suffering. I agree. And so every other week, you will hear a new podcast released specifically with Katie, and we'll be talking about similar topics as this. So if there's anything you would ever like us to cover in future episodes, feel free to let us know. But Katie, where can people go find you and follow you? Yes, I am on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but on Instagram, my handle is Katie, K-A-T-I-E, and Tersek, T-E-R-C-E-K. Perfect. And we'll link that up in the show notes so people can go and find you. We hope that you found this information to be helpful and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Do you struggle with figuring out what foods to eat and how to meal plan? Maybe it's stress or emotional eating, not feeling comfortable in your clothes, feeling overwhelmed with weight gain, or maybe you need to lower your blood pressure, blood sugar, or cholesterol. If you answered yes to any of those questions, I would love to help you. To learn more about working with me, either one-on-one or to join our private accountability group called the Goal Gutters Group, head to my website, www.yourlifenutrition.org. If you want to have a free discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit to work together, fill out the coaching application and I will contact you to set up our call and we can see which option would work best for you. On the Your Life Nutrition website, you will also find recipes, testimonials, and other blog posts that you might find helpful on your journey. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to follow along with more things Your Life Nutrition, you could check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Your Life Nutrition, where I love to post daily inspiration to help you become a healthier version of yourself.